How's it going, everyone? Joe Gagney here, welcoming you to edition number six of Joe vs. the World. My guest today is our first repeat offender, WrestlingObserver.com's Justin Shapiro. Justin, how you doing? Joe, uh, I'm very excited about the distinction of being a second guest. Uh, on behalf of the world, I'm prepared to fight you, so <laughs> well, do it. In the interest of full disclosure, we were going to have Matt Feuerstein back on to discuss the Ring of Honor show, as he was going to attend the 6-3 show, as was I. But he was unfortunately in a car accident and unable to attend. So uh, you were kind enough to step in, and I thank you for that. I had him, uh, yep, pushed him up the way. Yeah. For the better. So what's going on? Well, um, just watching the conclusion of an episode of House on Fox. It's a real puzzler. A real puzzler, but they they managed to uh, take care of things, so it was a pretty uplifting ending, so I'm in a good mood. That's good stuff. Uh, Higher higher quality television than last night's Raw actually was. Well, yeah, you were actually uh, at Raw last night, and I actually forced myself to watch the entire two hours, which is a rarity, so we would have this to discuss. So uh, let's talk about Raw. Appreciate it. What did you think about the uh, show last night? Well, um, it wasn't... As a live experience, it wasn't um, uh, completely unbearable or anything. Um, as a show, and I did also, for the purposes of this discussion, uh, sit through a lot more of it on tape, rewatching it than I would have otherwise, but um, they had... Um, significantly better shows in, in the last couple months, so this was a, not one of their best efforts. But, um, very ass, ass-centric <laughs> evening. It, it, it was. And not just uh, in the contents of the two hours, either. There was They had bonus uh, ass-related events going on for the live crowd, which we largely appreciated. Oh, that's good. Uh, what about before the raw taping? Anything of note happen? Well, as a, a tantalizing precursor to to what was to follow, um, the, the heat match, one of them was between Viscera and Rob Conway. So, um, therein, not only, not only did, did Big, in quotation marks, Vis, as is his nickname, I believe, um, he, he not only did his patented Viscerate maneuver, mm-hmm. or, wait, what do they call it on TV? Not as good as mine. The Visagra, which oh, sounds yeah. like Viagra. Yep. This is a very I awkward pun. Yep, um, it's unwieldy. But um, so as he was setting up for this one, uh, not only was he doing the pelvic thrusting and whatnot, but he also pulled Rob Conway's trunks up into his his butt cheeks, as they say, it, to create like a a um, impromptu thong, I guess, to make him even even more susceptible to being raped. To add to the humiliation. Too. Yep, very demeaning to to Rob Conway. But, um, so that was, it really got us prepared for what was to follow. Uh, and then in, I guess, genuine news, uh, Eric Smith did a dark match. Oh, how'd he look? He, it was a pretty basic match, just, you know, arm drags and guy makes a comeback out of a, a chin lock and that sort of thing. Sure. But he, he looked, uh, plenty good as far as I'm concerned. And then, um, to get him ready, I guess, for a, a scintillating debut later that evening. Oh, I, I yes. Yep. Oh, yes. And Colt Cabana worked uh, Heat, if I... Yes, if he did. 
Colt Cabana tried to claim that he was from Pittsburgh, or Justin Roberts did, and I wasn't buying it. Hmm. But, um, but he was also, I was, um, the guy walks out and I was like, why do I recognize uh, the prelim guy? I have, have I watched too many episodes of Heat over the last two years? And I was like, wait, no, that is distinctively the facial expression of Colt Cabana. So then the only mystery was whether he'd be working as Colt Cabana or as somebody else, and he was Colt Cabana. All right. Fortunately, he lost to Trevor Murdoch, but, you know. Mm. It's interesting yeah, he'd work in uh, in Pittsburgh and not, say, like when they come to Chicago. I yeah, if, that's what... I was going to say, I wonder if something's going on here. Maybe they're having a look at him. Hmm. It'd be nice. You can think of uh, less deserving guys. Uh, yeah, I certainly can. Most of them worked uh, raw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So, um, what did what did people? I know Pittsburgh used to be an ECW stronghold. They ran some very successful. I think they ran a pay per view there, very successful. And with WWE running shows in uh, Tacoma and I think Phoenix, which were not ECW strongholds, the response was tepid. What was the response to ECW in the crowd? The various angles and whatnot. Um kind of unsure because it, I've seen it from both sides and when I was in the building I was like well I thought be really relieved because they seem to be getting a, a pretty somewhat passionate response about ECW it's kind of a um, amalgamation of like anti Cena um, contingent combining with a pro ECW contingent mm. and then they they fought with the kids and the girls for Cena who also had to decide to be anti-ECW. So in the building, I thought it was going uh, pretty well, actually, and the um, the contract signing, I thought, was, was getting over uh, really more than anything had since they started these angles. But um, and, and on TV, I, and when I watched it again, it was kind of tepid. It was still um, louder than in the past few weeks have been, but still not what you'd expect. So uh, I would say in the building it sounded good, but it did not translate that well to TV. Yeah, I watched it. It seemed they didn't like anyone. Like, they, they would boo Rob Van Dam, then they'd boo John Cena, and they'd boo Paul Heyman, and, and like, this has a long night written all over it. Yep. Um, and as the night went on, like, there was for, well, yeah, not really any heat for any matches except for hating Charlie Haas for his misdeeds. But, oh, we'll get into that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, at least while I was there, I thought that the first one, uh, the opening, was getting a, a good reaction, and then on TV, it was less than good. Yep, and then the ECW contingent ran in, the Raw contingent ran in, including Harry Boy Smith making his uh, grand debut, running in in his, his shorts. <laughs> uh, flag-decked shorts. Yes. <laughs> From different countries. Yeah. I've noticed athletes from very few Americans, except for Made in the USA, Lex Luger, like to wear their country's flag on their pants. Mm. But most foreign wrestlers will put it right there, just so, because they're, they're very proud of their foreign heritage and not being from America. So. Well, don't forget the Patriot. Former, oh, that's uh, right. Former global North American champion. The Patriot, I think, made an entire costume out of the flag, which yeah. is probably illegal to do. <laughs> what was illegal to, to have a continuity callback to the, uh, my previous appearance on the universe of the world, 
Doug Gilbert, when the Dark Patriot threw fire in the Patriot's face, he's actually committing a felony by burning the flag. <laughs> but um, it didn't. Uh, they didn't play up that part of the angle. That would have been a hell of an angle had they brought flag burning yep. into the wrestling world. Yep. Oh well. Well. Anyway, well, uh, first match we had Carlito against Shelton. Uh, I like the finish. Crowd seemingly could not have cared less about this match. But they finish, go. Oh, finish was great. Yeah. Um, he, I'm sure plenty of professional athletes could do a backflip off the top rope and land on their feet. But, like, you'd think they'd at least stumble. So, mm. I don't know what Carlito's been doing, but I guess at some point he decided. He wanted to do a bunch of really crazy high spots, and that's been pretty much what he's been working on exclusively. Yeah, but he did the, he uh, really, the the flying back elbow, springboarding, and the backflip, and hmm. which is, is makes sense. Because, which is the opposite of Shelton, because Shelton is a also does all those dynamic athletic moves, but he's a heel. Yeah, and they, really a heel should be like the. Uh, just guy who keeps the baby face down, and then he makes a comeback using exciting, spectacular moves. But uh, so, at least in this case, one of the guys was playing the part correctly. Mm. Are we to assume Shelton's mom is dead? Has that been mentioned? <laughs> it was funny. Um, two, in sitting in front of me at the show, there was like a family of two little kids between uh, five and eight, maybe. And then there are two parents, and the. Um, from what I could glean, the parents also watched the show and weren't just bringing the kids there as a, as a parental duty, as my dad has many times. As my dad <laughs> slept through SummerSlam '95. <laughs> oh well, I can complain. I think I would have slept through that show too had I had I seen it but at the time. But he slept through SummerSlam '95, but he woke up and looked around just as uh, Razor Ramon pulled Shawn Michaels' pants down, <laughs> and he just went back to sleep. So. Um, maybe they can't, I don't know what it is about Berg and their asses, but that's uh, hmm. the kind of wrestling they choose to promote. Yep, but yep. Um, during during this match, um, the father said to, he asked out loud, whatever happened to this guy's mama, I thought he liked hanging out with his mama. <laughs> and then the mother of the family said, no, she's in the hospital. She's probably still in the hospital. And I was just amazed because for all we criticized them about uh, not writing very detailed storylines and dropping things and not giving good explanations for things, this uh, family who needs to be given a free subscription to WWE 24-7 <laughs> needs to be pumped the next time they come to Pittsburgh Remember the non-angle they used to write out Shelton Benjamin's mother? Wow. Kudos to them. Yeah, good good job. All right, up next we had more uh, see no evil bullshit, and I think my favorite moment of the night when when Jim Ross said he'd seen the movie twice and he noticed things the second time he didn't notice the first time. Apparently this is a deep movie with multiple layers of meaning, and uh, mm. I'm very sad I haven't seen this yet. Some genuine tropes in there. I think uh, some allegories, and uh, thematically, there's a lot you miss on first glance. Could be, but I have not seen it, so I can't speak. I I actually spark noted. Um, see no evil. I went to GradeSaver.com and, and read their summary. <laughs> I would never, I would not read the um, 
what do they call them? The adaptation of the the novelization of the major motion picture. The Bantam yeah. book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did they have one of those for that? Um, I, I think they did. The it's likely. I mean, they'll they'll WWE is trying to um, peddle anything to make money and drive up the. Uh, stock price and that sort of thing. So I would I would bet on it. Sure. All right, moving along. Um, Triple H met with Vince, tried to get out of kissing his ass tonight. Vince said, "If you beat the Big Show, you get you uh, will not have to kiss his ass." And he said the match was up next. And Triple H somehow managed to change into his his uh, wrestling trunks in about five seconds, which I give him some uh, credit for. And uh, match ended when. The Spirit Squad ran down and kicked the Big Show and got DQ'd, and Triple H was irate at this. He really was. I would have been <laughs> where I he. But, um, yeah, you don't think they pre-take those things, do you? Surely mm-hmm. that would never. Oh, the, not all of them, because I remember there have been funny gaffes when they were doing live ones, like... Uh, there was one with Lita and Trish and Christian, I think, where they... Ran through a quick little Christian walks past him, and then the director to do it over again, and he did. So that one was not pre-taped. So I remember that he walked back with his head down, and uh, Lita and Trish giggled. <laughs> yeah. And was that um, the worst case scenario? Because it, it was, I swear, like it, around the exact same time frame, I, uh, fall of uh, two thousand three or so. Five worst case scenario. I remember, it really was the worst case scenario. Yeah, people thought this was going to be an angle because what were the odds this would happen? Like, like so you know, two incidents like this so close to each other. They okay. thought that GTV was finally its <laughs> revenge to take over the company. Yeah. Or, or what did it? What was Eric Bischoff's hidden camera that they had for a week? The F View. They thought the F View was back. Perhaps I don't even remember that. Oh, you don't remember the no. FU? It was like one week they decided they were going to explain why people behave that way in front of the camera. Okay. And so Eric was like, because I'm Eric Bischoff and I like to be a jerk, a jerk who likes ratings. I put a camera backstage in Raw. If you don't like it, shut up. It's called the FU. That's then, a pretty uh, good uh, Eric Bischoff impersonation. Thank you. Um... And also dye my hair, but uh, I have some other Eric, uh, but I'll, I'll use it in a more convenient time. But no, that was the, the FVU, and then so for for one week there was an explanation, and um, after that they decided to to re cease explaining why. <laughs> oh, great! Why are we talking about? Oh, because of pre-taping. Yeah, pre-taping. pre-taping. I apologize for the tangent. Oh, we're all about the tangents here. Okay. Uh, next we had Eugene and Matt Stryker, and I bet you were excited to see this match. And Hacksaw Jim Duggan was there, too. Three of my favorite people. Yep. Um, although Matt Stryker is not as intolerable as he was when he was a um, a baby face who made his stupid comebacks with his, yeah, I'm fired up, facial expressions would clench his fists and do those kind of mannerisms and all that. So when at least when he's a heel, I think he's nice and smarmy. Sure. But uh, his his work is not is not very stellar. When he's no. not wrestling ninety 
second match is Kurt Angle. Yeah. And but, then uh, um, Eugene won, and Umaga ran in and beat up Hacksaw Jim Duggan to the delight of, of no one. To the delight of no one, although I did take um, significant delight in chanting along with Armando Alejandro Estrada. I did notice that. That was very well done. <laughs> yeah, I've six years of academic Spanish under my belt, but um, uh, yeah, I'm, they haven't had anything good to chant along with since what in 2002. So it was nice to be able to shout at the ring again. Well, there you go. Not counting when I would, not counting the times I would squeal when Matt Hardy took his shirt off. But aside from that, I had I had nothing else to chant with anyone. Uh, moving right along. Next, we had Kurt Angle, Pittsburgh's favorite son, come out to, um, I don't know what he was there for. He was just there. He was there to set up an, an interview. He was there to remind us what Willie Stargell has in common with Terry Gordy, which is they're both dead. Yeah, uh, Mick Foley came out, they had words. Edge came out and, and pretty much told the truth that said that Kurt's screwed being in ECW and this won't last very long. And then, uh, couldn't really rip on the Steelers since they had won the Super Bowl, of course, this past year. So ripped on the Pirates, which is, uh, I'm sure, really no one cared about. And uh, ripped on Willie Stargell, a reference that was lost on me. Right. Willie Stargell, a baseball player from the past. Okay. Um, and so far in the past that uh, after an allotted passage of time, he died. All right. So, so. Edge stuck it to him for not living forever. Okay. And then, Although, uh, maybe... Oh, go ahead. Well, I, I don't know how old Willie Star... I guess it was kind of a premature death, so he did kind of have it coming. <laughs> anyway, Randy Orton ran in. Suspension's over, I guess. So he uh, gave Kurt the RKO and later accepted his um, open invitation at the ECW pay-per-view. He gave one of his famous bumbling interviews, and I swear the show was like a blooper, a big blooper reel sometimes. That's how it seemed. Yep, it was on Unlimited, and with uh, some other questionable choices in the evening, <laughs> they decided to just to replay it as was. Yeah. They couldn't just have him saying, I'll fight Kurt Angle, and then and then having that be that. No, they had to show him stumbling over his words and looking like a, a dork, so. Great, Randy's back. That match is going to be so extreme. Yeah, uh, this is, uh, we're going to talk about the ECW pay-per-view, and uh, this isn't looking too good. That's all I'll say right now, but yep. moving right along, we had uh, Kane against Lance Cade, who's looking like uh, APA-era Bradshaw these days. Hmm. Lance Cade was so, I'll just say it, Lance Cade was for a sick Texan, rather pretty man, and now no longer very, very pretty in the slightest. Well, I guess he fits in better with his uh, partner, who is so very pale. They even made mention of it on uh, on Raw, which is not a good sign. Yeah, it's true. Um, and uh, oh, go ahead. Oh well, um, yeah. When Cade ran out, um, when the Raw guys came out to clear the ECW guys out of the ring in the first segment. I know a lot of times to to make reference of how um, not over or pointless a lot of a lot of a roster is. Someone will say, 
I didn't even recognize such and such when the entire group was standing out in the ring. Hmm. And I always find that to be an exaggeration because you'd have to not pay attention uh, to some degree to try to not recognize somebody if they were, you know, on TV. But I genuinely did not recognize uh, Lance Cade when he ran out the first time because I had no idea he was no longer the pretty Lance Cade. So it wasn't until he came out for the match with Kane that I figured out in retrospect who that was. Yeah, fake Kane came out, or or Kane just heard voices. He followed fake Kane to the back. They had a fight. Uh, fake Kane hit him with a trash can, and uh, that was that. Amazingly, fake Kane did not rip his pants this week and show his ass, as uh, you would almost expect this would happen in Pittsburgh. But yep, maybe next Isn't time. Of, I hope so. I'm curious as to see if his ass is burnt, <laughs> burnt. And terribly scarred from the fire. Yeah, because we just—I believe it was either Tory or X-Pac insinuated that Kane's genitals were burnt in the fire, so it would only carry to his hindquarters and probably his taint. But I thought Kane made up made up the burns because he was so crazy. I thought that was the ultimate explanation for why when he oh, got masked, he didn't know, have any burns. He, right, it was the. Uh, he exacerbated them in his mind because he's a very vain guy. Okay. And get what well, or yeah, no, you are correct. Well, th- to so. be fair, he does wear pants, so his uh, genital area may well be scorched, for all we know. That's true. That's true. You got to keep that tight well, continuity. Mm-hmm. It, to to satiate the the people who are sitting in front of me and sure. say, now wait a minute. <laughs> oh, did I not read in Kane's book that? Uh, <laughs> It had been heretofore established. But um, what I don't understand is if this is a fake cane, mm-hmm. why does he speak with the real cane's exact voice? Did he trick Kane into pre-taping these taunting messages somehow um, and so he could use them against him later? Or is he just a really good impressionist? Because everything else is uh, completely understandable except for that. Yeah, I have a feeling that's going to be the least of our worries uh, with this angle, but we shall see. Up next, we had a, a promo for the Highlanders. How, what, would, what would the crowd think of this? They were um, mainly just wondering what, what these gentlemen were up to and uh, laughing at their accent, which is always encouraged. So yeah. We'll see. I, I've seen the Highlanders on a, a few heats when they... Uh, forget where they like to use them as the prelim guys, but I know them, and uh, but do not really know what they've done in the last couple years or so. so. Yep, and we'll I, guess, I guess every generation needs their own bushwhackers. Hmm. I'm sorry they didn't just bring back the original bushwhackers if they bring back Tatanka. You're right. Um, and they have a spot open for an early 90s uh, tag team uh, leftover guy because animals cut, so I'm going to replace him with Luke, or <laughs> perhaps <laughs> Luke. Butch. Yeah, perhaps it's it's funny. Um, when I I just watched the Super Scram, uh, Superstar Graham DVD last week, and that same night he went into the hospital with a bowel obstruction. Today I'm watching the Road Warrior, or last night I think I watched the Road Warrior DVD. Today Animal gets cut. I have okay. some, yeah. Leave those poor men alone. Do uh, not buy the Dusty DVD. No, I, I have the Jake Roberts DVD to watch next. 
Oh, that's a bad idea. <laughs> you're you're just asking for something to go down. Yeah, well, I'm tempting fate. Anyway, up next we had, um, oh boy, we had Charlie Haas hitting the ring, sending Lillian Garcia flying. Uh, my interest has started to wane in the show at this point. I wasn't paying a world of attention, but I did see Lillian just go flying, and no one acknowledged it, and I'm like, that's odd. And then I heard the crowd chanting for Lillian, and uh, I believe they turned on Charlie Haas quite badly, and quite deservedly. I think I now know what it feels like to have been in attendance when Kennedy was assassinated, because <laughs> this was just like that. Um, but I don't know if half the half the people, I'm sure, if if not more, were not paying attention, and then you just see this figure go flying off the apron at a high rate of speed and land on the ground, thud, and then start yelling. Louis's anguished cries still haunt me now, one day later. But um, I, I then she she laid there in like a heap and was um, in visible pain as it was. I I was able to view it and discern that because she was she was actually moaning and, and it was pretty sad actually. We can laugh about it now because we know it's it's merely a sprained wrist. But sure. when it first happened, I thought she like Trish, Trish Stratus her arm mm. uh, like a backlash because she put it down to break her fall. But it was so kind of incompassionate or I don't know, just the, that weird mentality that they can't acknowledge that anything weird was going on because she laid there for like at least two minutes of the match time just and she was attended to by people at ringside and they're all ducking uh like out of camera view underneath the um where, where the apron starts and everyone was hunched over because they couldn't uh acknowledge that this happened for whatever reason and then you know nitro and, and charlie are just having their match pretending that Charlie didn't send Lillian uh, a flying and a flutter through the air to her demise <laughs> on the ground. But, so it was really weird to watch them just act like nothing was going on while everyone was, was huddled over Lillian. And uh, then eventually some agents and um, came out and helped her to the back, which prompted the Lillian chance. But, uh, yeah, and then I went back and watched the match, and they never acknowledge it in commentary. No. Until until they come back for the next segment. They're just like, well, King, you know, Molina is a real vixen. I hope she doesn't try and cheat in this match. <laughs> Yet, based on the location of their table, like, Lillian could have uh, probably landed right in front of them, and yet they just had to be like, well, Charlie Haas is double tough. <laughs> What I don't get is is Charlie Haas didn't even seem to realize what he what he'd done. He just kept yeah. running off the ropes, and he's like, "Yeah," and didn't, didn't realize he had sent this this one hundred five pound woman hurtling through what? space. So surreal because they just went on like nothing had happened. And yeah, beloved ring announcer Lillian Garcia had not just been knocked face first onto the ground like a precipitous four foot fall. It was uh, very bizarre. And then poor Charlie Haas. Like, the only people who'd gotten genuine uh, heel heat um, <laughs> that entire night was half the people who were booing Cena. And no one else was over the heel. So even Vince was being rather rather charming mm. uh, on this evening. But Charlie Haas got 
old school genuine booze for, for what he did to Lillian Garcia. Yeah, and uh, and he lost. Oh yes, yes he yep. did. And uh, yeah, I don't oh, know. It's funny. Uh, I, in this instance, know exactly what to say. Um, the family who's sitting in front of me. The two the two kids uh, were way into Cena, as you might expect. Sure. Uh, so much so that they reacted to to every single punch that he threw or was thrown at him, like it was happening for real. And uh, they go, "No, yes, no, yeah, 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 no." But uh, when Lillian fell and hurt her arm, and and the, the, everyone hushed and was was very concerned for this woman in anguish. The this young young child in front of me yelled at her to to get up and quit faking. <laughs> so, he, uh, tremendous. Receptions aren't quite there yet, but with with time. With yep. Time. Well, up next, my interest was really fading fast in the show. We had a women's match. We had Beth against Victoria. Beth broke her mandible. <laughs> yep. And uh, but she won, and mm-hmm. crowd uh, did not care. No. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. They changed her hair. She got some kind of perm. Oh, okay. So if she's stalking Nydia now or something like that. <laughs> that would be a strange angle. Whatever <laughs> happened to Nydia? she just retire? Nydia, I guess, Nydia was... I hate to perpetrate, perpetuate rumors, but Nydia was supposedly engaged to Eric Angle at some point. But oh, yeah. I think if any... If that came to fruition, we probably would have heard about that. But I don't know what she. But um, Mickey James, she's cute. She's a she's a little cutie pie. But um, I disapprove of the changed hairstyle. Mm. So if she's listening, keep that in mind. I'm sure she's listening. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm, I'm she, not. But it's been six incredible weeks of Joe taking on the world. Yeah, yeah, we're we enjoyed. Uh... We get bigger and bigger every week. Enjoyed your previous exploits uh, taking on the volcano. So. <laughs> yes, back in the early 90s. Yep. He, um, he take no prisoners. But um, Mickey, Mickey James, Trish, and uh, Beth, they have actual workers in the division again. Just don't know what they're... Where, I think we talked about this last time. Once they turned Mickey on Trish, there was really nowhere left to go, and they hit a, a dead end of sorts. But yeah. um, I, I'm, maybe they ha- they have this uh, backstory for Beth, and that will propel them, and we'll see how long they, they drag it out. But Well, then we had... Uh... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I just said not if they continue to get hurt, and then yeah. I'll have no one to wrestle, except Tori. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, next we had uh, Shane McMahon meeting with Triple H and I guess spiking his drink. I wasn't paying a lot of attention at this point. I just looked up to see them drinking their water for like like 20 seconds. They were just chugging their water. And I'm like, what is going on? But I guess Shane spiked his drink, or he tried to anyway, but Triple H was just too smart for him. And mm-hmm. that led us to our next segment as Vince came out, uh, pulled down his pants, had his uh, ass out there. Triple H did some fine, fine acting, which bodes well for uh, Journey of Death or whatever his movie, which I'm sure will be made any time now. But, Granada uh, del 
Del Morte. Jornada Del Morte. Yeah. And, uh, but he was faking. It was Shane who was drugged. Shane passed out. Uh, Triple H gave Vince the pedigree. And I guess he'll never compete for a title again. So, there you go. So they say. Yeah. um, I... Triple H and Vince are... I think it goes without saying that they're pretty overexposed. But I still really liked the interaction and... Vince's work, he's a great performer, and Hunter has been interesting for the first time since, like, the the build-up to his, um, to Batista's turn on him with the, um, DX stuff, but I thought this was pretty flat, and, um, did, it, it not only did it not get over like I thought it should have, but it just wasn't as good as I thought it should have been with the people involved. Yeah, I was surprised how quiet it was when Vince came out, like, you know, if only even Vince gets a big reaction normally, because you know he's. I don't know. Maybe everyone else was as charmed with Vince uh, as I was. Could have been just being quite the fellow tonight, dancing to Hunter's music, and uh, he wasn't really healing. He was just kind of being a, a bit of a jerk. Yeah, he was being passive aggressive. So. <laughs> yeah, and uh, what happened after the camera stopped rolling? What happened after the cameras stopped rolling was, um, hopefully, you know, I can only hope that uh, the cameras were rolling and these will be included as an extra on some kind of some kind of future DVD. But uh, at the after the conclusion of the show, uh, Jane was selling dead because he'd been drugged, and uh, Vince was selling dead because he was pedigreed. And Vince's pants were still down, and um, so Hunter uh, dragged Shane by the hair and deposited his face on Vince's butt cheeks and um, left him there, and because they were both selling dead, uh, neither of them moved, so Shane's face remained there for some time. Um, But it it got better from there... um, when, as Triple H was leaving, he stopped at the top of the ramp and made the international sign for, I'm going to pull my pants down. <laughs> and um, I, everyone else had a, a distinctly different reaction than I did, which was a large, encouraging pop saying, do it, pull down your pants. And sure enough, he mooned everyone with a... Um, Shades of badass Billy Gunn. He just straight up, straight up mooned everyone with his naked buttocks. Oh well, when you made mention that you had seen Triple H's naked ass last night, I was concerned because this has not happened on TV. I was, I was afraid maybe you were at a bar after the show. Maybe Triple H came up, put something in your drink, <laughs> led to an escapade, perhaps right out of Law and Order Special Victims Unit. But thankfully, it was just a mooning. Yeah, as special a victim as I would have made. Uh, <laughs> It was, it was a a public a public display, and uh, the the revelation of his naked ass also got and maybe the fifth or sixth biggest reaction of the entire show. Huh. Not a stunned horror gasp, but a yes, yes. Triple H's ass is naked. Well, that's Pittsburgh for you. <laughs> How dare you? Ah, uh, wait. Well. Well, we got the ECW pay-per-view coming up this Sunday. And what about 
I'm not getting it. I came to this decision last night. For 40 bucks and what they're offering, I say no. Nope, just not going to get it. I can't really argue with you uh, with that decision. Um, I think I am going to get it, just out of a curiosity. But uh, if it wasn't, if there was no intrigue about how exactly this is all going to work and what they were going to do, um, I would certainly pass on it. If it was a WWE, um, just a, an average show, which it, it essentially is, with the exception of like two or three performers, if they, they gave the same card headline with like Van Dam against Cena and Angle against Randy Orton as the, the top two matches, I wouldn't buy that show. Yeah. But um, I, I am kind of not really intrigued because the, the way they've set it up hasn't been all that intriguing, but I'm at least curious about Van Damme Cena because it'll, it'll have the, the great atmosphere no matter what, and mm. I, the finish will be interesting, but um, the match is not very exciting. And the rest of it is uh, less than inspiring. Yeah, there's like a there's a WWE guy I think in in every match, and Very uh, I don't know how that's going to get over in the to, the to the crowd there, the ECW crowd. I was hoping that, um, well, not really hoping. It was it was um, a facetious hope, I will admit to you. But I thought they should, since they're in Pittsburgh, they should set up Kurt Angle versus Shane Douglas to determine the extreme king of Pittsburgh. But oh wow, that uh, was. Politically, uh, not something to happen. Uh, so yes, well. I believe Shane Douglas under contract to TNA, and um, yeah, he got out of rehab a little while ago, so I don't know if he'd be up for the the wrestling right now. And not very well liked there, and fat. So for those reasons, yeah. maybe not as good an idea as it facetiously exists in my head. But oh, I do like that Kurt has, I think, taken on a. Um, his tribute to Bret Hart by um, unnecessarily saying the word the in front of the initials <laughs> of his new promotion. So. Like when Bret Hart uh, headlined the SummerSlam? Yes, Bret Hart headlined the SummerSlam for 14 years before moving on to the WCW. <laughs> and Kurt is excited to be a part of the ECW. Uh, is I don't I... think it's Oh, go ahead. A student of the game like a student of the game like Kurt Angle would not do something like that uh, strictly by coincidence. I think there's a, a deeper meaning there. Yeah, is uh, the new ECW coming to your area? They released their summer schedule uh, last week. Um, I'm not sure actually. I haven't looked at it. I assume uh, my general area they will be somewhere around here. As far as Pittsburgh, I don't know if they'll run here again so soon after. Um, being here last night, mm. I would I would assume. Although they're not, I don't think they're running in Chicago or Florida, which used to be old ECW stronghold. So they are running in Fitchburg, Massachusetts, the same day as a Raw House show, I believe, in Cape Cod. So that's some good planning right there. <laughs> if you tried, you could make it to both, perhaps, Joe. Good for the show. Uh, maybe if the Raw show was an afternoon show. Make it happen. Oh, Super Road Challenge you. Yeah. Challenge. We'll see about this. We'll see. But, but uh, I, I probably will attend the uh, 
ECW event. I am curious to see what this will be like. And I never actually never got to see an ECW show back in the day, so this is a chance to right a, a wrong, so to speak. Oh, because up in Massachusetts, where you, I'm sure you'd be very liberal and probably a trial lawyer and all things like that. Sure. You, you abort babies up there? or uh, Not personally, no. Oh, well, for now. But, sure. Um, you could have seen the, the, whatchamacallit, the mass transit dude get cut up. Cause that That's was very true. That was uh, in Revere, I think. Yeah. How old have you been? Uh, if that was, what was that, 97? Yeah, I believe so. I would have been, I think, 21, 22. So, yeah, you should have been there. You should yeah. have done something. <laughs> I should have you confronted should have New something. Jack. should have prevented that. That guy no. could still be alive today. But yeah. No. I feel bad. You killed, you killed him just like you um, put Billy Graham in the hospital. <sighs> I have this weird power. You know what you are, Joe Gagne? What's that? You're the, you're the legend killer. Oh, thank you. The legend killer, Joe Gagne. But I'm, Joey a much, Gag. I'm a better speaker than Randy Orton, I have to say. <laughs> I don't stumble yep. over my words. and. No, you don't repeat yourself. You don't say the same thing, the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. You don't say, listen. This is a funny joke. I'll never be able to convey it out loud. It's a hypothetical scenario during the Orton... Undertaker feud, where for no reason, uh, I, I guess it was around the same time they rehired Jamal, but uh, friend of the Cubs fan dot com Scott Christ, which mm-hmm. is spelled like Christ, but is in fact pronounced Christ, said that Randy should hire three minute warning to beat up the Undertaker, and Randy would blow the titular three minute warning catchphrase by saying. Listen, Undertaker, listen. This whole thing has gone on for about three minutes too long, okay? And then freeze and forget that he was supposed to save the three minutes for the punchline. But I see. Too bad that it didn't happen. Well, I'll tell you my favorite uh, misspeaking incident. It was at a Ring of Honor show, which we'll discuss now. This was when uh, Loki came out, and we all know how Loki speaks, that very gruff, deep voice. Uh, yeah. mean. Yeah, and uh, remember, he had he had won the Ring of Honor title in a uh, 60-minute Iron Man match. And he was uh, he was yelling at Samoa Joe, who had the belt at that point, and saying, he needs to respect the title, and Loki said, I gave my all for 60 seconds to win that belt. <laughs> then I had a look on his face like, shit. You know, I <laughs> and then, then reiterated, yes, I said 60 minutes. But, yes, so, Ring of Honor, I think you had a question or two you wanted to ask me. I was at the... Saturday show in Connecticut. Fate would not allow um, our contemporary Mr. Feuerstein to be there. Nope. Very sad. And I wish sad. him a, a not-so-speedy, because he should be slowing down from now on, uh, recovery. There you go. But, um, yeah, well, I guess I generally how was the show would be a fine way to, to broach the subject. It was a very good show, especially the, the second half. First half had some um, crowd problems, I guess. You had uh, Christopher Daniels and B.J. Whitmer. They were going to have a grudge match, but then B.J. Whitmer said he didn't hate Christopher Daniels. So they just had a straight-up wrestling match, and it was very, very quiet during the whole match. A fine match, but uh, bad crowd reaction. 
you had a, a Shimmer match, Sarah Del Rey and Daisy Hayes. Uh, this was not a Shimmer crowd, to say the least. And you also had a student match, which was which is fine for what it was, but people uh, were not down with this and chanted, students suck afterwards. So uh, I think that's a first, as far as chants go. But the second half of the show, especially the Homicide Brian Daniels ROH title match, was just fantastic stuff. Brawling, wrestling, the angle afterwards. Mojo was there doing ring announcing. Uh, big thumbs up. I would seek out the show just for that. And overall, a uh, very good show. Oh, that's good to hear. I'm, I'm glad for you. Um, students do suck in many aspects, really across the board. A large percentage of people I went to school with, uh, they sucked. So, mm. a good chant. Um, I did have one specific question, which I, I figured I, I'd pose in audio form to, to lend more gravitas to it. But at the show... Homicide, he got screwed or something, and then he was mad about this and said the hell with ROH and walked out or something like that? Is this correct? Uh, yes, Brian Danielson had worked over the arm the entire match and was hitting it repeatedly with his elbow. Uh, the ref stopped it for Homicide's own well-being. Homicide was not down with this, saying he did not quit. They tried to get it overturned. Uh, Adam Pierce came in on the phone with Jim Cornette, supposedly, but uh, the referee's decision stand or stood. Homicide attacked the ref, uh, then flipped out, said he was tired of being screwed by Ring of Honor, and quit. And then, what is the implication supposed to be that he's going to ECW, even though he's, like, really, in actuality isn't? Or is that just people making assumptions about it as subtext that wasn't supposed to be there? Or or are they... Yeah, go ahead. He left uh, through the crowd, and I believe he actually said something about ECW. And the crowd okay. chanted ECW, and he took off right away. But I believe this is just an angle. Don't know where it's going. I don't know whether he'll make a big comeback and help ROH against CZW, or maybe he'll jump to the CZW side. Can't say for uh, certain, but I believe it's just uh, they're, I don't, they're not writing him out of the... Uh... Okay, because that was what my question was about, really, was because between that and I thought... I kind of I'm cognizant of ROH, but don't... Uh, follow them in too close a detail because it seems like a lot of effort that I'm not willing to put in at this point, even though I'd probably be, in fact, I'm sure I'd be rewarded for that effort and just not something I'm doing yet. But um, so between that and I thought I remember like they do finish finishes last year that they book based on um, how people like quote unquote know that Loki doesn't like to do jobs. So, and um, the entire CM Punk title reign where everyone knew he was going to WWE and wouldn't drop the belt. So I just wondered, like, from a a Ring of Honor fan perspective, how they actually take to these angles and and how... Does Gabe think that they... Is his thought process like when Matt Hardy posted on his website about his return to Raw like it was a shoot? Or is he just treating them as, as fun winks because he has a, a smart audience and he knows that they'll they have fun with that sort of thing? I think they're ultimately fun winks, so to speak. I mean, you can dig and find out about... Like, I, I read... I think Dave Meltzer even said on Wrestling Observer Live, this is just an angle. And it's something that, that people can do. It's, it's kind of a way to, uh, I guess, try to surprise your audience... Because, uh, I mean, you don't have to worry about this stuff in WWE, but with 
with you know with uh, ECW starting up and, and TNA having you know ROH wrestlers, it's kind of a way to make people stop and think. Oh, is this you know where's this going? Is he staying or is he going here? Do they write him out or? Okay, yeah, I, that's what I figured. I just uh, it's always been something I'm curious about. Where if you have a, a company of smart, uh, that's basically what it is. I don't think there's any shame in saying that they exist to cater to people who like good long wrestling matches and yeah. uh, by their nature those are going to be people who follow closely on the internet so just when you when you do finishes and, and book around that kind of thing whether it's just having fun because everyone understands or whether he actually uh, thinks he's he's pulling the fast one and working the smart mark I don't think he thinks he's pulling the fast one it's just kind of a a different way to book. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you for elucidating me. You have uh, have had an excellent vocabulary tonight. <laughs> I'm. Uh, oh my God! The words I know, Joe Gagney. Wow. Uh, the words I know. All right. Anything else about uh, Ring of Honor? You'd like? Oh, to know? Yeah, I did have a sure a second one, which is in kind of the same vein of the first one, where it's just something I've always kind of thought about and figured, why not ask. Uh, a real life one of you guys out loud over the telephone while being taped by their computer. But uh, so I, I know it's unlikely for a lot of reasons, like the political landscape with the, the companies and that sort of thing. But given how successful the feud with CZW has been, is there, do you think there'd be anything to running interpromotional? Ring of Honor versus TNA, in that uh, I'd think that ROH fans would have a lot of natural resentment to TNA mm-hmm. uh, for you know taking their guys and um, being kind of stubborn about how those guys can then go back and work for Ring of Honor and basically being themselves like a slightly more retarded version of Ring of Honor. <laughs> so, would there be anything to that, or is it just not something that would... Uh, fly given how many people double dip in both and that sort of thing. Well, I think, I don't know if they could really pull this off. They've already done the big interpromotional feud, so I don't know if you could do another one right away. I think it I think it would work well for Ring of Honor, and it, I don't know if you could have Ring of Honor guys showing up at the Impact Zone or whatever. I don't know if there's enough national uh, consciousness. Did it really mean anything? But I think if you had a small contingent of TNA guys working Ring of Honor shows, I think that would work out pretty well. I mean, they want a guy like Monty Brown to improve. And, you know, that's a pretty darn good way to improve is working a bunch of uh, Ring of Honor shows. They could be fairly lower level, and he could work longer matches with a variety of guys, hopefully improve. I don't know who else you would send. Um, Who's the big, tall guy? I can't remember his name. Hoyt? Yeah, Lance Hoyt. What, what Hoyt, Hoyt, Hoyt. <laughs> is he still alive? I can neither confirm nor deny that. Well, assuming he is not a corpse, you could, you know, send him along. You could have big, you know, TNA guys saying ROH sucks and TNA's on pay-per-view and and they're on TV and Ring of Honor is just a bunch of nerds. And uh... <laughs> Yep. Unlike but... the cool customers who sit in the impact <laughs> zone. <laughs> this uh, is indeed awesome. <laughs> but uh yeah well that's uh i think i agree with you I, I figure if they did it they would just use tna guys that they already used 
mm. aside from you know, special uh, brain guys for one shots like they did Christian. But with the the amount of crossover there is, you could have them take sides, and you know AJ would probably be a TNA guy, but Joe would uh, stick with Ring of Honor and that kind of thing. But yeah, you could. It's do all that. it's all moot because there's no way um, the TNA guys who let them. Let their talent be booked on Ring of Honor shows and let them play the uncool heels who yeah. are trying to kill the fun of Ring of Honor. So, but thanks for answering uh, regardless. Sure. I wonder where TNA is going to go if things are going to get any better for them. Every time they they change the, the paradigm of where they are, like change networks, change time slots, that kind of thing, or... Uh, do something with Christian, do something with Sting, do something with Samoa Joe. I'm always like, well, now I'll start paying attention because I think they actually get it and they're going to try. But then uh, immediately I end up not following through on that because they don't get it and they're not going to try. Yeah, seems like just a, you know, I, I'm really tired of seeing Team Canada. I'm really mm-hmm. tired of seeing t- Scott Demore as a channel changer for me. If he comes out and does his little bark. Then I'm 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 watching anything else, and yep. you know they have guys like like Homicide, like you know here's a guy you could put in the X Division who has personality, has charisma, is a good promo, and they just have him doing whatever the fuck he's doing in uh, LAX. <laughs> yep. I wonder if that's our first f bomb on the show. <laughs> I always consciously refrain being an audio internet show gentleman, but um, six weeks about time. You cut loose. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I can't have a TNA guy on my show because I swore. <laughs> oh, well. You can't have Lance Hoyt on your no, show. No, there goes the big Lance Hoyt interview. Yep. Yeah, so, I don't know, TNA, it's out there. The one thing uh, that people would um, get interested in from a work rate boner, quote-unquote, standpoint would be... Did, it, did they put the tag belts on Styles and Daniels? No, they're still around the waists of uh, America's Most Wanted. Oh, okay. Well, if they get them eventually, they should do them against Homicide and Loki. I mean, I would or whatever it means. But... Senshi or whatever. So that'd be, you know, yeah. really excellent. But we'll see. We shall see. You have to go into a program with the uh, James Gang or something like that. Ugh. Yeah. Well, anything else you want to discuss? I am pretty fulfilled, to tell you the truth. Yeah, I think we covered quite a bit today. Definitely want to thank you for being on. You are... We'll, we'll definitely have you on uh, very, very soon. Probably... I'm thinking around maybe when the Observer Hall of Fame, around that time. Ooh. That Sorry, really... uh, contrary to popular opinion, I do not vote in the Observer Hall of Fame. Uh despite being uh, a loyal uh, contributor to the website. But I think a lot of people are only in it for the Hall of Fame vote. Yeah. And I never really cared. I just wanted to, to give my art to Dave and share it. And it was rewarded after three years when he used the phrase, totally cracking up, a genuine quote from Dave Meltzer about me. And when I uh, ever put out my biography, it'll be... I was totally cracking up, hyphen, Dave Meltzer, San Jose-based California, San Jose, California-based Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'll be 
thrilled to talk about that. Oh, that'll be good. And um, anything you want to plug right now? It doesn't look like Todd Martin's given up his... Uh, even uh, when he moved, he still came out hmm. with a show. I'm a MySpace. Who did? You, really? Sorry, you broke up for a second. I didn't hear... Yeah, my uh, screensaver came on because I was too busy staring at the wall to remember to move my mouse, but... Oh, I see. You're saying you had a MySpace? Yeah, my cousin made it for me. She's really? 15 years old and a girl. And okay. uh, so it was uh, very post-tween and lots of loud colors and and animated gifs flying around, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I kind of normalized it, and now it's more just a list of things I like. But there's a special thank you to her. I'll plug her out loud on the Internet. You can go to MySpace. It's mine. Uh, at MySpace.com slash J.M. Shapiro. And instead of a an I in Shapiro, put a Y, and you'll have my space. You can find out what my uh, about me and fictional characters I'd like to meet, and oh, how wait. how tall I am, huh. and my educational background. I encourage everyone to to find out all this. Well, I, I will definitely head there as soon as I'm done editing this show. Definitely uh, want to thank you for being on. As always, if you like hearing these shows, we have a full archive at thecubstrand.com. And if you like them, please spread the word. We will be back this Saturday with a show I'm looking very, very forward to. Won't reveal the guest just yet. We're going to make sure uh, everything goes through okay. But you can look for that uh, probably late Saturday afternoon. We'll have that up. And if you have an immediate concern, please email me, joegagney at charter.net, or post a comment at thecubstrand.com. Justin, I want to thank you for being on. Any final words? The guest is Stephanie McMahon. Uh, uh, somewhat close, but no. Mm. No, I will, I I will reveal up. this to you All off right. the air. And uh, oh. Any uh, final words? Uh, no, I do no. not. Okay, great. Well, thanks everyone for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.